This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Flash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any hosts or guests' individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Good evening, and welcome to Matters of the Mind on the Coffee Clatch. I'm your host, Dr. Marla Deibler, clinical psychologist and executive director of the Center for Emotional Health of Greater Philadelphia. I am really pleased to bring to you tonight our guest, Dr. Renee Renardi. Dr. Renardi is a clinical psychologist, and she's the director of the Lakeside Center for Behavior Change in Fargo, North Dakota. Dr. Renardi specializes in the treatment of obsessive-compulsive disorder, trichotillomania, hoarding disorder, and related conditions. And, most importantly, she is the program developer of Courage Critters, which is an online plush animal system designed to help children overcome fears and unwanted behaviors. And that is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Welcome, Dr. Renardi. Thank you for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Deibler. It's great to be here. Now, it's not often that I come across a product that is really one of a kind that catches my attention, but Courage Critter is really unique, and I've seen kids really drawn to it at some conferences in the last year or so. So I wanted to bring it to our listeners. Dr. Renari, let's talk a little bit about your Courage Critter. What is it, and how did it come about? Yeah, I'd love to. So Courage Critters came about uh, being a clinical psychologist. I work with so many children and specializing in anxiety disorders. I have a lot of kids that come in and desperately need to work on some of these issues that they're stuck on, but sometimes it takes a while for kids to get into treatment and they might be on my waiting list for three months. I get them in and really what they need is to set up a behavioral plan and sometimes a handful of sessions later, they're fine. (laughs) So they needed their plan. They're well on their way. They're doing great. And I feel so bad because not only do they wait to get in to treatment with me, but they've oftentimes had symptoms going on for months, sometimes years. And after just a relatively short amount of time, when given the appropriate amount of skills, they're in a much, much better spot. So I was trying to figure out how do I make these skills 
feels more accessible um, to kids. And when we look at just the prevalence rates of anxiety disorders, they're quite high. So approximately 25% of kids um, from childhood through age 18 are at some point going to experience an anxiety disorder. So that's a tremendously high number. 6% of those, it's going to be very, very uh, severe symptoms. And Courage Critter's system is not just to help kids who have um, gotten into the area of anxiety where it's really impairing and causing some distress to themselves, to their families, but early intervention is so important to look at kids who might be at higher risk for these very common uh, conditions to begin with and giving them access to skills that are practical and uh, oftentimes very effective. So that's where the, the passion of... comes from with Courage Critter and it kind of what our, our mission is. I can speak to that just a little bit. So we have a website, couragecritters.com, um, and the mission is to empower, support, protect, and love children who are going through some type of uh, fear, uh, I call them fear bullies, <laughs> that, they're, that they're dealing with, or body-focused repetitive behaviors like trichotillomania, which is also very, very common. That's compulsive hair pulling. Um, as you're aware of, Dr. Dibler, but many listeners probably are not aware of that terminology. Uh, skin picking disorder is also quite common, nail biting, things along lo- those lines. There's a program on Courage Critters to help kids uh, with those issues as well. So, And these are all areas that I'm really passionate about for a number of, of reasons. So, um, And it's been so much fun to hear people's stories, uh, have them come back, share their success, to see pictures of little kids with their, their courage critter. But the most important thing is just knowing that we're trying to break that stigma with childhood mental health, giving access to people, giving access to these skills early so that people um, who have a child who has some anxiety, fear, uh, separation anxiety, body-focused behaviors, it gives them a resource um, to go to. So I love this little Courage Critter. I have one in my office, and uh, I'd like to describe him for everybody. He's this friendly-looking little green and purple monster. Um, Where did you get the idea for that? And also, in what way do you find that that's helpful? It's very common for kids to have a favorite stuffed animal or some other kind of object that's particularly meaningful to them. Why do kids, kids tend to be drawn to such items, and what function can they serve? Stuffed animals serve a lot of functions for for children. So I designed the Courage Critter myself. Um, I drew him. The only part that I wasn't able to do was actually sew it. (laughs) So that's not within my skill set. But I did design the Courage Critter to have this very compassionate but kind of a tough little look to him, too. He's got to be a tough little dude to stand up to these fear bullies and help kids um, control behaviors that feel so uncontrollable. So he's got this nice fur that kids can um, kind of pet. And I'll tell you what, it was really, really difficult. I knew what I wanted to make and to find a really good quality company that could make a stuffed animal that I was proud to put out there to kids and I knew would last (laughs) um, was a little bit of a journey 
journey in and of itself. But I found a great production company um, to manufacture this uh, this product and, and sew it for me <laughs> um, so that it could be good quality. Um, and so he's got this you know, nice green fur, which is bright and uh, you know very kind of this optimistic look. And he's got a green mohawk, which makes him kind of cool too, and these nice compassionate eyes and um, a fa- uh, kind of a feature that I love about the Courage Critter is he has these this wonky little tooth um, that sticks out. He has an open <laughs> mouth and this little tooth. And so and it just adds to his toughness. So it's so important for kids um, to have these transitional objects or these comfort objects. And most kids had them when I was little. I, uh, when they were, as you know, go, they go through childhood, I think of my own childhood and I used to have a little stuffed animal that I brought everywhere with me so because it gave me that extra support. And we know that for children, that these transitional objects help them to feel safe. It kind of mimics that mother-child bond, which allows children to go out into the world a little bit more independently. So um, especially kids who have some separation anxiety, this can be a good tool uh, to, to help kids, you know, just to have that little stuffed animal um, with them and then to have the online program to give actual skills on top of that, and this is just an important stage in childhood development, is to be able to use role play, um, to be able to use their imagination, while also learning some really, really powerful tools. And we know through the, the process of play and role play, there's all kinds of things that are happening. So it really is helpful in the development of problem-solving skills, um, even language development, and certainly emotional expression. So being able to play, having these objects and good quality objects uh, can be a really, really good tool for kids as they go into frightening situations, whether it's a fear of the dark or, um, you know, for for toddlers. There's kind of different types of fears (laughs) Um, given uh, different children's ages, and I can go into that in a little bit too if you'd like. Um, but it's uh, it's good for kids to kind of have that little object to help give them that, that little extra boost of confidence so that they can stand up to this fear and not have it become a lifelong pattern of a phobia for them or alter their life decisions that they make. That's great. So he's this really neat little object that kids just seem to be drawn to. But beyond that, you mentioned this online program. How does it work? Mm -hmm. What kind of skills does it help the child develop? Well, there's a lot of things to the program. So when people go to the website, they can order a Courage Critter on couragecritters.com, and they they go to the program, and when they order a critter, it comes with a little card. He has a little back pocket, which is cute. Kids can put things in it, and and it comes with a Courage card. So kids can write down what their goal is on that. Um, So my Courage Critter and I are working on, and there's a blank spot for kids to write in. So whether that's decrease my nail-biting behavior or be able to go to bed at night on my own or be able to go to school without mom having to walk me in. So they can write down what their goal is on there, which helps the child to be able to identify what is the fear, what's bothering me. And when uh, they receive the, that card, there's a little password on that card, which allows the child access into this Courage Critter Club. Um, and as part of the, the Courage Club, they can access all these really helpful skills. So some of the skills for, for fear bullies um, that uh, are important to understand and, and know about um, are just this idea of building a behavioral hierarchy. It's often very, very difficult for kids, and anybody for that matter, to do this Tarzan 
pendulum swing to say, gosh, I'm really scared to leave mom, or I'm afraid mom's going to lose me in the grocery store or something. So these are the kids that are like glued to their parents' side, right? So <laughs> or afraid to go to school. So to be able to say, okay, well, you're just going to school, it really doesn't validate that child's fear. They just start to feel bad about themselves. Well, why am I such a baby? Why am I having a hard time? They can start name-calling, which can really take a toll on a child's self-esteem. So the Courage Critter program really helps caregivers set up this behavioral plan to say, okay, it's too tough right now to go in on your own. Let's develop a way to communicate about that. And I feel like that's so important and something that isn't used in general is to give parents tools to talk to their kids about their fears, to not just say, okay, pull up your bootstraps and do it, but to be able to say, okay, how hard is that for you? So it's not just I'm scared, but how scared are you? And that's what one of the tools is on the uh, website and something in general I think um, parents and caregivers should know about is to talk about a fear thermometer or a fear ladder. This is a 1 to 10 scale. 1 is, "Ah, that's not bad, that's easy. And uh, 5 is moderate anxiety. 10 is very, very scary situations, as I call freak out anxiety. So, and it gives parents a tool to talk to their children to say, how difficult is this for you? Is it a 7? Is it a 5? Is it a 3? Where yet. If it's a four or under, it's probably good to say, hey, let's try that. Let's work on that. But if it's a seven, I know I'm asking too much of my child right now by asking them to do that. So there's examples on the website, too, of how to build um, a fear hierarchy, as it's called, um, to help kids gradually overcome their fears. And also you can use little incentive systems and things, too, to to make that fun. And, of course, just overcoming fear is pretty rewarding in and of itself, though. Um, So that's one of the skills that I think is really important, the whole reason why I put together the Courage Critter program. I think every parent should know how to do that. Every child should know how to do that, every adult, for that matter, Um, um, should know how to do this. It should just be part of health class <laughs> that we learn these things. Um, Another skill that I think is really important is what I like to call good coach thinking. So being able to identify, challenge, and replace thoughts that are just not helpful to us. So being able to look at, okay, what is the fear bully telling me in that situation? Oh, if I go into school and I'm at school all day, maybe something bad's going to happen to mom, or maybe something bad would happen to me and they wouldn't be able to get a hold of my mom. Well, golly, no wonder why that child is scared, right? So we look at what are some of the thoughts that are contributing to that fear. And we really look at that thought to say, how does, you know, what situation does that come up? How does that fear make, fearful thought make you feel? Um, how does that fearful thought impact your behavior? So, and then we start to challenge it. Once we know, okay, what is my child thinking? What's getting in the way here for them? What can we do to start to challenge that thought? To say, hey, is that a thought that I want to keep or is that a thought that I want to toss out? So and a lot of these fear bully thoughts are the ones that we want to toss out. But in order to do that, we need a replacement thought. So, And that's where we talk, where good coach comes in. And we talk about good coach thinking. And there's examples on the website, too, of you know how to help your kids come up with some good coach. And problem solving, to say, okay, you know what? If you got scared at school or if something happened, these are the steps. This is what will do. And that puts children in a position of control. They know what's going on. It isn't this unknown situation. And kids oftentimes have a lot of beliefs that they don't share with us. 
<laughs> so we usually just see the tip of the iceberg until we really work with our children to start to examine some of those belief systems that they have. So it's really important to, to look at that. Um, another skill that I have on there is, is relaxation. So learning how to calm our breath is a really, really important tool to have. Uh, the website's constantly in, evolving, so there'll be there's more and more skills that I'm adding. So I'm planning on soon adding some yoga strategies, some mindfulness strategies um, to give parents more and more tools. So those are things on the aspects of fear that I think every parent should should know, every child should know, as I was mentioning. With the body-focused repetitive behaviors, there's a whole other section um, for skills related to that. And under that uh, section, I talk about pillars of health. So the pillars of health are sleep, exercise, and nutrition. So most kids are not getting a lot of sleep. Um, they're not getting adequate nutrition. And a lot of kids, they go to school, they sit all day. They come home and they sit and they do homework. And then they sit and play video games or manage their social media sites. <laughs> so there's oftentimes not a lot of opportunity to burn off a stress hormone. So we talk about that a little bit. And certainly when it comes to body-focused repetitive behaviors, these are kids that are often hardwired to have some extra sensory needs. They need to be on the go a little bit more. They need to be active. And oftentimes this overstimulating, inactive environment that a lot of kids are in often really contribute to the hair pulling, skin picking, nail biting, things like along those lines. Um, we also talk about sensory needs. Uh, kids who have these BFRBs, body-focused repetitive behaviors, are oftentimes hardwired to just need a little extra something-something when it comes to uh, sensory information. And that's why the Courage Critter has this long fur and, you know, a nice tail to play with and so is real soft. He's got a little, like, beanie cushion on his bottom, which is kind of fun to, to pat. Um, so there's lots <laughs> of different a aspects of the Courage Critter himself, which makes him kind of a fiddle toy. But that's an important thing when it comes to the body-focused repetitive behaviors. And also just looking at ways to balance our emotions. What can I do when I'm bored? What can I do when I'm sad? What can I do when I'm scared? So I really tried to put together this and continue to put together this very comprehensive model that I think is, is helpful. And depending on the child, one skill might be more what they go to than, than others, but I think that they're all important to look at. I always say balancing our emotions, um, kind of finding this ideal state of functioning is a lot like building a house. We can't build a house with just a hammer, so we can't take care of our emotional health with just relaxation tools oftentimes. So that's why I try to give a lot of um, variety for the type of skills that um, a child may find to be helpful and hopefully several tools that they'll be able to use. Well, that sounds great. I mean, it, it sounds to me, as, as you and I know, that this is very well-seated in cognitive behavioral therapy, which right. is, as we know, you know, very much evidence-based. And I'm wondering, are courage critters intended to be used at home as a way for parents to learn how to sort of be their own child's therapist as a means of coping and working through these anxieties or these behaviors, or is it meant to be used in conjunction with therapy? 
Well, it's it's best. It's never meant to be a substitute for psychotherapy. So it's just not the same. And as a parent myself, um, I can tell you, and a therapist, you can never be your child's therapist. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> a different true. dynamic. The best thing that you can do as a parent is provide an atmosphere for your child that helps them heal, that helps them learn, right? So what my goal is with, with Courage Critter and the whole reason why I, I put this system together is to give um, parents access to some of those those skills. Um, so not that they're going to act as a therapist necessarily for their child, but to just be able to know this is what I need to look for maybe for my child, or these are skills that we can use at home. That doesn't mean that I'm going to write reports on my child and, you know, go in and uh, control uh, meetings and things like that involved with my child. Uh, of course, we should be a part of that, but um, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you've become your child's therapist. It means that you've become your child's ally and you have more information to help support them. So that's the purpose of, of Courage Critters. Um, and yeah, I would love for every child to have access to a therapist. However, we know from uh, recent research that's come out, the two, in fact, the 2015 Child Mind, Child Mind Institute Children's Mental Health Report actually just found that 80% of children with anxiety disorders and 60% of kids with depression are not getting treatment. Um, so as wow. much as I would like to say, hey, bring your child into a therapist, there's we can help. <laughs> there's lots of tools <laughs> out there. The fact remains that there's still so many children, the majority of children, who are not getting treatment, and that's just not okay. So we have to, as a mental health community, try to find ways to make these skills more accessible to children. And Courage Critters is one example of that. I, you know, of course, I put it out there. I hope that it's a useful product. And if it isn't Courage Critters and your child is struggling, try to find something, you know, to to help them so that it doesn't impact. Um, their long-term mental health. And this is really important for parents to understand, too, is that some of these things are just a phase, right? So when do I know it's a a phase? When should I be concerned? So every child goes through anxiety and fear. That's just part of normal childhood development. However, phases are temporary, so and they go away, and the child um, tends to respond to just parent comfort, a little reassurance, and phases pass, right? So, but when phases are not passing, that means that there might be something to it, and maybe some additional intervention uh, could be warranted then in that situation. So, children who are more nervous, more fearful, more avoidant um, than other kids uh, could really benefit from having some these skills. Of course, you know, again, we all should have them, but I especially want to focus on children and giving them uh, the the skills that they need so that these uh, symptoms don't continue to get worse. Because you and I know that untreated anxiety only increases the risk of problems later on, like substance abuse and negative social consequences, bullying, school problems. All of those things tend to increase as children continue to have their little and sometimes big internal struggles. Yeah, and and so you mentioned the importance of this fear hierarchy, right, of helping to ki- kids to face their fears and using mm-hmm. some of these other strategies to help them build the skills to be able to do that. I'm wondering, it can be a particular challenge to engage children in therapy when 
the therapy involves asking them to essentially face their fears. Um, all kids are different, but and some kids are more challenging than others. I'm wondering, mm-hmm. in what way can we help our children overcome that hesitation as parents but also as therapists? Well, and I think a lot of hesitation I notice um, with children is they feel so overwhelmed, right? Or they don't believe that something can work for them. So, And therapy sometimes can be boring, right? <laughs> so I think that there's lots of factors. There's child pride involved. No, I don't need any help. I got this, you know. And that's where it gets into stigma. And I don't want any of my friends to know that I'm talking to a therapist. So there's lots of things that get in the way sometimes in treatment um, as maybe why they don't even come through the door to begin with, or when children do come into therapy, how do you get them engaged? And I think a way to get your child engaged is to talk about these things as normal childhood development and trying to catch it early before children become totally overwhelmed with their symptoms and embarrassed by them, right? It's hard for us as adults to talk about tough stuff. And when we don't have all of the cognitive development yet um, that happens in childhood, it's really hard to understand these things. So as a clinician, it's really important when I have a child come in is to make them feel comfortable and to really not have that child feel like they're being over-pathologized. Um, Dr. Dibler and I were trained in a, a similar method that we don't want to give children alphabet soup, right? So to be like, oh, well, you have OCD and ADD and, you know, all of these things. What does that mean, right? So it's all one nervous system. So the way that I talk to my kids um, is to not be like, oh, these are all the things that are wrong with you or whatever. No, these are your superhero powers that you have just not learned how to control yet, right? Superman didn't (laughs) learn how to fly on day one, okay? (laughs) So it takes a little bit of extra training when you have this souped up nervous system. So so having the nervous system that they have is awesome. We just have to learn how to control it. There's all kinds of special powers that go along with things like OCD and anxiety. You have hypervigilance. You know, that's a great thing to have when, you, when it's under control. But when it's not under control, it really, really causes problems for people. So we talk about these skills and uh, and uh, we talk about the struggles in a way that's very child-friendly, right? So it doesn't make them feel bad about themselves. And this is tricky because oftentimes parents will say, well, you know, I don't like they're acting out. They're th- having temper tantrums. How do we say that that's okay? Well, this is, you know, we have that fight-or-flight part of our nervous system. Wow, you have a fighter, right? <laughs> Isn't that amazing how strong that they can be? So let's learn how to turn that fight into something a little bit more effective for them. Let's use all of that kid power that they have. So because kids are powerful, I can never make a child do anything. So my job is to um, communi- find a way to communicate with them so that they don't feel over-pathologized, they don't feel bad about themselves, and they have other t- skills and tools that they can use so that they don't have to act out in order to uh, try to get their needs met or to express their feelings of being out of control. So that's what we look at. And usually when we reframe things in that way for children, they're on board. Um, 
Another thing that I find to be really helpful is an incentive system. So to use rewards. So to say, hey, you know what, if you do your good coach on this, you know, let's uh, go out for ice cream afterwards. Or if you're able to do this, you know, let's celebrate by, you know, doing uh, such and such or doing a star chart or a point um, system. There's all kinds of ways to get kids interested in these these tools and these skills. And honestly, that oftentimes just kind of opens the door. But once they see that, wow, this stuff really works, <laughs> and they start mm-hmm. feeling more confident, that becomes really reinforcing in and of itself. Well, that's great, and I love the way you really frame things so positively. It's so empowering and so encouraging. I can easily imagine kids really taking to that and feeling ready to face the challenge. What other kinds of resources are there for families who want to learn more about anxiety and, and the unwanted behaviors that you were talking about? There are a number of good resources on there, and I list some on the Courage Critters um, website. And there are a lot of things on Courage Critters, too. If you never buy a Courage Critter, that's fine. So it's just trying to get the skills out there into the into the world, right? So And to also have the resources. And the resources page is one that can be accessed and, accessed and is constantly growing as well. Um, for children with obsessive-compulsive disorder, I really like the International Obsessive-Compulsive Foundation um, it's the International Obsessive Compulsive Disorders Foundation, I'm sorry. So the website is iocdf.org. Um, another really great resource for body-focused repetitive behaviors, the skin picking and hair pulling, um, is uh, the Trichotillomania Learning Center. And there, don't worry, you don't have to be able to spell trichotillomania. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. org, And that's a really good resource for that as well. So, um, um, there's the Association for the Advancement of Cognitive uh, Behavioral Therapies. So that's another good resource for people to access. Um, I'm sure going to your website as well, people can find access um, uh, to additional resources. I know my um, website, lakesidecenter.org, also has some, web, uh, has some website links in addition to the couragecritters.com uh, website. So there is help out there uh, for people. The tough part as a parent is weeding through all all that to find, okay, what's really helpful, what's going to steer me down the right direction, and what's the horror stories you know, that people are venting <laughs> online, which probably are not going to be so helpful. And that's always an important thing, too, to keep in mind. It's never a one-size-fits-all. So every child is unique. Every child is different. So try not to compare your child to other children. And you know that if you have more than one anyway, <laughs> um, that, <laughs> right. that every child is going to be different. And every child, you know, in your neighborhood is going to be different, and your school system is going to be different. So not always doing that comparison that we get caught up in. So it, you know, and we live in right. an environment too where there's so much overstimulation to children. They need mechanisms to control that. And kids who are active and doing soccer and play practice and all of these things, they're constantly on the go. And that's where learning um, relaxation and breathing and meditation just to calm their mind right. is such an important scale. Well, that is so wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and for sharing your wonderful Courage Critters with us. Thank you to our listeners for being with us today. If you'd like to know more about Dr. Minardi, please visit her website. Um, You're welcome to reach me on Twitter at DrDibler on Facebook at the Center for Emotional Health or website thecenterforemotionalhealth.com. We hope you'll join us next time for Matters of the Mind on the Coffee Clatch. 
And as with all shows on The Coffee Clatch, you can find us at www.thecoffeeclatch.com and as well as on iTunes. Have a great week. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <sighs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.